Bibles, oh. the book of Hebrews, Whoa. chapter 12. Oh, Whoa. we're already jumping into it. No, the verses are not going to be on the screen. Oh. Open up your Bible. Yes. Yeah. To Hebrews, chapter 12. Oh, we'll think of right here in verse 14. The title of the lesson is, Just Built Difference. Come on. So, uh, to play in professional sports, you're basically in the top 1% of whatever sport you're playing. Yeah. But even in the top 1% of athletes, in any sport, there are a select few yep. who are just yep. built different. Oh, man. They stand out, even from amongst the best of the best. LeBron James. And those, I mean, he's just built different. He's just built different. He's good. Um, and so, guys, we are going to learn... Okay, if that's what it means, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does that have to do with being a Christian? Come Hebrews on. chapter 12, verse 14. Oh, the Bible says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Wow. Wow. Let me tell you, I bet I know why we're all here. Because at some point... Hopefully in the afterlife, we all want to see who? God. We want to see the Lord. We want to see Jesus. We all want to see God. Let me tell you what it takes to get there. It says holiness. Holiness. Even holiness is going to take every effort. It doesn't care. Holiness doesn't care how smart you are, how good looking you are, how talented you are or think you are. It's going to take every effort. Efforts yeah. to be holy. What's holy? What is it? What is holiness? We need it to see God. We know it's going to take every effort, but what is holiness? It's very simple. It means to be set apart or to be different. Build different. Walk different. Talk different. Think different. Is different. That's Holiness. Come on, bro. That's holiness. So what does that mean then? Like, what is that? Okay, how does that apply? Cool, cool concept. How does that apply? It means if there is a group of ten human beings at randoms, randomly selected, and they're just hanging out or being together or doing things, that from that group it should be evident. It should be clear. Everyone should know that some in those groups. Our disciples, our Christians, they follow the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. They walk different. They talk yes, different. Sir. They is different. Come on. <laughs> different doesn't mean better. We're not here to look down on people. But we for sure better be different. And without holiness, without a distinction, yeah. The Bible says you're not even going to make it to heaven. Oh, no. You're not even going to see God. So how important is holiness? I tell you, it's everything. Oh, yeah. Come, on. Come on, bro. It's everything. What was that, bro? I cannot think of a better story in the scriptures. We're going to get into a good, a good Bible study. Oh, yeah. I hope you're ready to get into God's word. We're going to study out a man named Daniel. We're going to study out Daniel. We're going to study out the friends that he hung out with. And we're going to see in a very real and practical way what it's like to be holy, to be just built different. So let's turn over here to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Come on, bro. It's fire, bro. Get your notebooks ready. Here we go. My first point, resolved. Resolved to remain holy. We must be resolved to remain holy. Now a little bit of context. The book of Daniel was written in the year 550 BC. 550 years before Jesus is born. The book of Daniel has a setting. Right? It actually takes place not in Israel. Not in Jerusalem where the majority of the Old Testament takes place. The, the book of Daniel takes place in this city called Babylon. Yeah. Babylon was the capital city of the Babylonian Empire. You see, for basically about 430 years before Daniel, God's people were given the promised land called 
uh, Canaan, but the, the capital city became Jerusalem. Mm. Yeah. And under these great spiritual kings, the second king of Israel, King David, his son Solomon, Israel grew and all the promises of God were fulfilled. They became a mighty empire. They had a great army. They had culture and music and everything like that. It was awesome. However, slowly but surely, over the next 430 years, because of unspiritual, poor, ungodly leadership, mm -hmm. the leaders and the people drifted away from God. Oh. They drifted away from the Bible. They drifted away from God's Word. And that infected every area of their lives. It infected uh, how they lived, how they treated each other, how they did business, who they dated, who they married. And all of those things were now no longer the way God wanted. <laughs> no, what does God do? Is he waiting for us to like make a mistake and he's like got a lightning? He's like, oh, you messed up. Oh. Like, no, 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 it's not. That's not how God works. Now, God, God does judge the right and the wrong. But before that, he likes to do things called give us grace wow. and mercy. So what is God's grace and mercy? God sent prophets. He sent men and women into Jerusalem, into Israel. And he would say, brothers, sisters, remember the Old Testament. Remember the book of Moses. Remember our relation with God. We should stop doing what we're doing and go back to living by God's word. You know what the people did to those prophets? Stoned them. Yeah. Put one guy, Isaiah, in a log, sawed him in half. They took Jeremiah, kidnapped him, took him to Egypt against his own will, stoned him. Right? They, they killed the people who were just saying, hey, we need to actually go back to God. 430 years, God watches this happen. Finally, he's had enough. So he, God allows this empire, Babylon, to raise up, be a great army, they attack Jerusalem. They attack Israel. Burn it to the ground. Mm. And they take about 80 to 90,000 ballpark Israelites mm. from Jerusalem, mm. out of their country, out of their culture, out of their land, mm. and take them to Babylon. Mm. <coughs> God was like, hey, do you think your way is still the best way? Because mm. this is what it got you. Mm. Amongst the people taken into Babylon, we find our main character, Daniel. Oh, Just a little context of what's happening. I just want to let you know, that's the story you're driving into. Can't get into the story in this context. Three rules when you read the Bible. Context, context, context. You follow those three rules, we're going to have a good time. All right. Daniel chapter 1. Now, really quick, um, let me tell you about Babylon. Let me tell you who they do not follow and worship. God. The God of the Bible. Oh, yeah. right? They grew up without the God of the Bible. So they have their own gods. They have a guy named Nebo. They have a God named Marduk. They have their own culture, their own religion, their own way of living. right? And it's prevalent. It's everywhere. And so all of a sudden, all these people who are supposed to fear the one true God, the God of the Bible, they're now surrounded by what? A different culture. Different gods. Different people. And then the question is, are they going to remain holy? Or are they going to cave and crumble <laughs> and be just like everyone else? Come on, bro. Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. Come on. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God, those he carried off to his temple of his God in Babylonia. Put it in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service, the king Nebuchadnezzar, to bring into his service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men, without any physical defect, handsome. Uh, they, our dear brother Evaristo, for sure. For sure would have just been called to go. Sir King Nebuchadnezzar. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Think of our dear brother Noel. Mm. Oh. Don't be fooled by his physical stature. He's got a brain too. <laughs> Handsome. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Well informed. I think of our sisters. They're well informed. Yeah. They always know what's going on in the church. Amen. <laughs> Quick to understand. Oh, man. I can think of no one other than my dear brother Derek. Oh. Every time I tell him something, he just gets it. Yes. And these people were qualified to serve in the king's palace. Ashpenaz was to teach these 
handsome, well-qualified people to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. Mm. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years in the Babylonian literature and culture and eating and food. And after that, they were entered King Nebuchadnezzar's service. Among those who were chosen from Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. And the chief official gave them new names. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. And we'll stop right there. I love this story. I love this scripture. We must be resolved to remain holy. So imagine, you've seen your home country, your people, the, the community grew up yeah. and destroyed. Come this on, powerful man. army of people who look different, talk different, they's different. They take you into their country. Mm -hmm. Now they start forcing their religion and their ways and their culture on you. Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do? Oh, come on, bro. You know, you're smart, you're handsome, you're talented, you're young, you're idealistic. In this room sits the future. Of Oklahoma, yes, the future yeah. of the country. Oh, Some of you guys, yeah. Oklahoma's too small for you. You're like, change Oklahoma. I'm gonna change America. Come on, I'm gonna change the world. Come on. What do you mean? Some of you guys, you're, you're dreamers. That's awesome. Thank you, bro. But what happens when your world gets turned upside down? Well, you know, these men were to go through three years of training. You know, back in those days in the court of a king, you had to walk a certain way, talk a certain way. Don't look a king in the eye. Only talk to him when he motions to you with the scepter. You know, all these formalities of how to function. So I had to be trained. What's, in, what's the way in Babylon to be uh, going to a king? You know? And uh, it's crazy because these guys' names, who they were, actually meant something. Mm -hmm. Daniel's name, the name Daniel in the Hebrew, it means God is my judge. Dang. What does that mean? What does it tell us about Daniel? It means Daniel lived, not by his standard of right and wrong but by God's standard mm, of right and wrong. He didn't care what people thought was right. They're just people. Yeah. Only God makes the rules. Yes. Come on, you know, Daniel's friend, Hananiah, is Yahweh is gracious. Wow. Does that mean that we don't make mistakes trying to follow God? No, we do sometimes. Mm -hmm. But God, yes, he's the judge, but he gives grace. Mm -hmm. He gives mercy when we fall down so we can get back up Come on, bro. and keep choosing to follow him. Yeah. Mishael. Mishael. The ending L means God, right? So who is what God or what L is? Mm. Mishael, his name means there's no other God like God. Dang. Who is like God? That's no one. No one. Let me tell you who's not God, your parents. Mm. Let me tell you who's not God, a degree. Yeah. Let me tell you who's not God, money. Yeah. Yeah. Who about is God. like who God is? The answer is no. Yes. Come on, Come on bro. Money. Is it hard to live like this? Absolutely. That's why we have Azariah. Yeah. Azariah means Yahweh has helped. Ah. That in life, when it's hard to run the Christian race, to make it to the end, when it's hard to be different, that God is there to help us. Yeah. Come, on, Come on, bro. Live for him. Come on, Nate. You know, I too was taken to Babylon. Mm. You know, I grew up in a Christian household. I grew up pretty sheltered. Yeah. Very, like, like, honestly... I'm about to tell you how sheltered I am, and like it's it's pretty sad. I'm a little embarrassed. In the family I grew up in, um, we didn't even have TV. So I just you know I'm 30, and so in my day growing up, like uh, Britney Spears was just like becoming Britney. Oh, she had a song called Toxic. It just blew oh, yeah. up. Uh, Backstreet Boys, uh, Blink 182, yep. had just started coming out. Like the first album, right? Like you guys are like, isn't that the old like when I. Isn't that the obvious I'm going to say when you turn on the radio and they do the oldies, but you don't even listen to the radio. Just shut, that tells you how old I am, right? Um, and so, so like all of this stuff was happening, and I was a kid, I'd like show up in school, and because I didn't have access to anything, I didn't have a video, like I missed um, the Xbox, I couldn't have an Xbox. I, the the original Xbox that's came, sad. came out. Yeah, that's a sad um, name. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a Nintendo 64, by the way, so I will nice. give you the sticks, all right? You want it? Oh, okay. Um, anyway. So I would show up in school, 
And I was like holy, but not in a good way. I was holy like in a like a weird way. Mm. I was like the weird Jesus kid where like people are like, oh yeah, Britney Spears, toxic. Oh my God, I go to her concert. Yeah, what do you think this line meant? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Britney Spears, yeah. What do you think, Nate? Uh, I would just like what everyone else, uh, I don't think it's a good song, right? You know, like just trying to fit in, mm. right? And so I was so sheltered. All of my friends, church, right? And it's not necessarily wrong per se, but it, it was like, it was like, I just, all I knew was God. You know, I remember I was 15, I was in high school in my sophomore year. And uh, I, I found out for the first time when 15, there's other religions. Because mm. in, in social studies or in history, they, they actually teach you like, hey, like, if you're in the Middle East, there's like Islam. Like, Islam, what's that? They believe in a God, Allah. Really? What? Like, I was just so sheltered, right? Mm. So my world opened up and that's crazy. Um, but also at 15, I, I found out that no one in church actually did what they said on Sunday. Dang. Mm. Like, in 15 in high school, I made varsity in a football team. Um, and so, eventually I got invited to parties. And what happened? I go to the parties, and who was there? All my friends from church. <laughs> uh, it got crazy, because then I went to college. Then I came to Babylon. Mm. Then I came to Babylon. I, I went to school, San Jose State, Spartan up. And uh, I went to school, San Jose State. And let me tell you, when I was, you know, living at my parents' house, I wanted to go out and do those things, but, like, you know, like, mom and dad were there. You know, oh, I got church tomorrow. Man, I got to college. But guess what? Guess what I have now? I have independence. Mm. I can do what I want when I want. Yeah. No one's, like, watching me. No one's saying be home at a certain yeah. time. No yeah, one. Come on, bro. True, true. I don't even got to wake up early on Sunday to go to church. Oh. You know, for me, I could, if I won't, watch the football game. Oh. Instead of missing church. Like, instead of going to church. Like, it was so easy. All of a sudden, I get into Babylon. And I'm surrounded with all these people. Some of them were Christians, but again, there we were at the parties. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, some of them were, uh, uh, I saw them. So I, did, I got to uh, college, and I was saying, I was like, wow, I got to join the Christian clubs. So I went to Crew, I went to InterVarsity, you know, and I went to all these different clubs. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, we had our Tuesday night. Like, this is a Friday night devotional. They did it on Tuesday night, and it was not like this. Mm -hmm. It was like, let's just play some songs that make us feel good. <laughs> And we, if we say, Jesus, oh, surely that's awesome. That's going to help us through the week. Nice. There you go. And then, uh, and then yeah. And then uh, after that, we talk about how, how much we, like, love hanging out. And then we go home. But that's it. That was, like, a, a devotional. I was like, okay. Like, no Bible. No call to action. Like, not, like okay, sure. I didn't think that at the time. But I look back now. I'm like, what was that? It was a weird thing. Right. I know what was happening. And so, despite my religious front, right, trying to maintain this look of like, oh yeah, I'm, I, Jesus God, like that's what's acceptable. Mm -hmm. I, I also like, I would put on the mask, you ever do that? You ever have like your, your Christian church friends? So, oh, my Christian church friend mask. Mm -hmm. Come on, bro. <laughs> All right, and then like, I had the kids so I can, I can go to the party with. Oh, the, oh, oh. go and do thing. You do the mask thing? Yeah. Uh, I would play intramural sports with like, you know, the cool kids in campus. I was put on the intramural sports. Hey, what's up, Brody? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm going to freaking smash these fools. Dog. I can't wait to drop 50. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. <laughs> Is that who I am naturally? No, but like, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, it's like <laughs> I'll be on. I'll be on. I got it. I got to. What? What's up? No. I got to. Oh. I got, everyone just, just take it. Yeah. Okay. Just take it. it. It's like I see it here on campus. Being being an old man that I am now, I see it. It is the cookie cutter. Like, oh man. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the hat. These shorts. And they all wear a polo or a button up, and they all look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I'm rushing the frat bag. How sure are your shorts? That sure is my shorts with my quads. Quads, 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 bro. Yeah, bro. Be awesome, buddy. Yo, Pablo. Yo, Pablo. Sick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but I was that guy, so I'm not like, I was that guy. Like, you just cannot be original. <laughs> it's the mask. It's the mask. Like, I try to relate. Like, this is not my natural vibe. I'm here trying to help these kids find Jesus. And so I've got to wear shorts. Not that short. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> and i got to wear the long socks. I don't wear long socks in my nature. I'm a, you know, a flip-flops guy from California. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and don't get me wrong. Californians, we have our own thing. Our thing is like tank top, uh, shorts, and flip-flops. Yeah. Right? That's our... If you're in California, that's the cookie cutter. Like, yeah, that type guy, right? And so uh, it's just something like, man, you guys don't even know what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. You're in Babylon. Trying to be like everyone else. Yeah. You're basic. And don't get me wrong, the girls got the. They're, they're, 
Like, do you always work out? Why are you always in work out? Were you in like your, your intro to freshman English class? Like, just like, why are you wearing workout clothes? I don't understand. It's wild. Wild. Um, anyway, do you even have a backpack? Like, what do you do? What do you do? I'm so confused. And so, for me, I, I was that. I, I was in Babylon, and I was, I was not built different. I was not trying to be holy. I was not built different. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It didn't help. Mm. Yeah. I was still empty. I was still sad. Yeah. No amount of partying, no amount of women would actually make me mm. feel like, well, I'm accepted. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. God has a plan. God has a future. Like, there was none of that. Yeah. None of that in my life. It was just letting people's opinions control me and own me. Mm. People pleasing was like my middle name, Nate the People Pleaser Pavone. That's, it, even, it even sounds nice. The people Pleaser Pavone, right there. Pause in my little bio on Instagram right there. Instagram, you guys do Instagram? Sounds like a thing. Yes. I'm just checking this thing. Just checking it. I'm old. You know what's crazy? Is if you read, if you read right here in uh, verse 7. It says, when they got into Babylon, the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, he gave them the name Belteshazzar. Mm. To Hananiah, he gave them the name Shadrach. To Mishael, he got the name Meshach. And to Azariah, well, he got the name Abednego. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's interesting that the first time they get into Babylon... The first time your environment and culture changes and you've got to figure out who you want to be and who you are, immediately what happens? Mm. Try to change your identity. Dang. Right? The outside forces of culture, society, they try and change who you are. What's, what's worse is most of us don't even know who we are. Yeah. We're 18, 19, 20. We're just trying to figure it out. It's, it sucks because then we think we know who we are because we don't know which mask that we really are because they're masks. Yeah. But damn, this one works the most so it must be this man. No, you don't even know. Who you are? Come on, Nate. Come on, bro. Come on, Nate. And then we let the people around us define us in our short length. Oh. <laughs> These guys get a name. Belteshazzar. One of the Babylonian gods was named Bel. Mm. Um, there's a famous story of Bel and the dragon. Anyway. And it says that Bel, this false god, will protect your life. Shadrach means commander of the Aku. Commander of the armies of Aku. <coughs> Meshach. Who is Aku? It's so sad because the Babylonians didn't even know who their god was. Dang. And Abednego, servant of Nabu. Right? So serve some false gods. Wow. You see, Babylon was trying to get these guys to forget the one true God. Mm. He was trying, it was trying like, how can I worship God but be like everyone around me? Wow. Mm. Come on, it doesn't work that way. Come on. It doesn't work that way. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Come on, bro. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and the wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, look, dude, I'm afraid of the Lord, the king, that's Nebuchadnezzar, who assigned your food and your drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? The king would kill me, have my head because of you. Daniel, knowing this man's life is on the line, Daniel said to the guard who the chief official appointed over Dan, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, please, please, test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the other young men who eat the royal food. Treat your servants in accordance with whatever you see. Look at that surrender. He has faith that God's way is going to work and then he surrenders to the outcome. Verse 14, he agreed to this, the official guy, and he tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, Daniel and his friends looked healthier, better nourished. They was just, they looked good in the mirror than any of the young men who ate the royal food. The guard took away the choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge, understandings of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Daniel had a vision for his life. He had a dream that he was going to do something great. Mm. Come on, bro. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, three years later, the chief official presents all of these guys to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, 
but he found none equal mm. to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Notice the author keeps their names. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters of the whole kingdom. Here it is. Here it is. When you're resolved to make holy, when you're resolved to do things God's way, to not compromise in who you are, when you resolve to live this life ten times better, smarter, bigger, faster, Stronger, more kind, more gentle, more energy, more able to do what God has called you to do. Come on. There's no fear. The anxiety, you can handle it. People's thoughts about you don't own you. Come on. People are like, dude, you're so different. Yeah, you know? My God's different. Yeah. Tell you about that much. Come on, yeah. Come on. You know, very sadly, I don't think this describes many Christians. Yeah. Come on, bro. It wouldn't have described me when I thought I was a Christian in college. Come on, bro. Let me tell you what would have described me. Romans chapter 8. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. You better. Go, bro. You good? Romans chapter 2. I'm going to pick up right here. Pick up right here in verse 19. Come on, bro. Right? Maybe some of you are like, Nate, I was not like you. I didn't party. I didn't drink. Actually, I was a Christian, but I wasn't as sheltered as you. Well, let's look right here. Romans chapter 2, verse 19. Mm. And if you're a disciple, this is for you too. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. If you're convinced that you are a guide for the blind, if you're convinced that you are a light for those who are in the dark, if you're an instructor of the foolish, if you're a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, that's the Bible, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, you boast about God, you boast about the Bible, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. This was me in college. I go to the right right and if that's not even a thing I go to a Christian club I would talk to my friends about Jesus and see them at the parties mm. you know people thought God was a joke yeah. people would think yeah church doesn't work church is full of fake people mm. yeah. Yeah. the thing it was because I was in it mm. Come on, bro. that was me yeah. it says here that we can talk about the Bible teach the Bible share our faith we can say and do all the right things and even maybe even be cool about it I was like the weird religious kid I think there's like I've been on OU there's like cool religious kids yeah they're like yeah. super cool and they're like yeah Jesus yeah look at my cross necklace I'm cool I'm like dang you're pretty cool but here's the thing you know how much that counts for <laughs> unless you're actually doing yeah, yeah. Talk about that, what you say the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the Bible says. We have bigger problems, buddy. <laughs> you know, I get, you know, I don't know if you know this. You know why most people are atheists today? Mm-hmm. Because they've seen the fake hypocrisy of Christianity mm-hmm. today. And they yeah. think, I can be a good person yeah. without that dumb book. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're actually good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have many friends who live their life. Like, mm-hmm. man, I'm going to be super kind. I'm going to be a great husband, a great father. Like, I'm going to get a great job, I'm going to do great things. I don't even need God to do it. Because I've seen how people are yeah. in the church. Come on, bro. Seriously. And I'm doing it. Like, I'm the one doing it. Like, I was the one giving them the reason. Come on, bro. Right? The Christians should be how Daniel was. Mm-hmm. Knowing wisdom, literature, knowledge. When people talk to you, you're like, they're like, oh my gosh, like, that guy just changed my life. Yes. Yes. It says King Nebuchadnezzar. King. Yeah. Talk to these guys. These slave servants. Mm-hmm. He's like, these guys are intelligent. Mm. Yeah. These guys are they're, they're wise. Like, dude, oh my God. I've talked to many people I've conquered. But these guys are ten times. Come on, man. They have character. Yeah. They have integrity. Yeah. They have discipline. Come on, bro. Come on. They live by a budget. These people, they just flat crank. Come on. What's the secret? Oh, bro, I follow God. No, 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 no. I've met church people before. No, 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 no. What's the secret? No, Like, I actually, I actually do the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I'm special. I need God's help to do it, but, bro, I do it. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on, bro. What are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. 
That's how it should be. Yeah, come on, Nate. Come on, bro. You know, how do we do this? How do we actually live this way? Now Romans 8. Oh, how do we actually live this way? Come on, Nate. Romans 8, 1. The Bible says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How do you get in? That's the question for you to ask. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit gives you life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And Christ condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law is met in us. Those who do not live by the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We'll stop right there. If you keep, I encourage you to read on your own time. In other words, we decide every day what to think about mm, and what to true. feel about. True. True. And whatever you decide to set your mind and emotions on, yeah. that's what's going to run your life. Yeah. It's quite simple. So if the majority of the day you're thinking and feeling about things that God doesn't want for you, then guess how you're going to live in a way that God doesn't want for you? Yeah. It's called the flesh. But if your mind and heart is set on the spirit, aka things that God wants for you, well, how do I know what he wants for me? In the Bible, you set your mind on those things. It says your life will live by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, guys, let me tell you, I'm, I'm a first generation American, grew up in a trailer park from immigrant parents from Latin America. I'm a nobody. By all accounts, I'm trailer trash. Uh-huh. Come on, bro. seriously. That's the definition. Like, of, no, I'm, that's up. it. So, hi. Come Nate, on, Nate. Nate. nice to meet you. Come on, Nate. Right? Anything that I do, how I talk, how I walk, how I act, mm. how, anything good, if that's even a thing in me, it's because God. Mm. Come it's because of the Spirit. It's because of the Bible. That's yeah. it. That's all I have. But on, it's all I need. Mm. Come on, Nate. You know, there's a great Native American story. It says, inside each and every person is two wolves. Mm. One wolf is is black. One wolf is white, right? The color of their fur. And the black wolf is just evil, wickedness, badness. And the white wolf is everything good. It's light, it's pure. And every day as people, whatever we decide to think and feel about, it's like food. And whatever you think and feel about, you choose to feed a wolf. You choose to feed one of them. And one day you have to make a tough decision and those two wolves go to war. Which wolf wins? It's the one you fed. Come on, bro. It's the one you fed. You want to make better decisions? Feed the right wolf. It's another way of saying, live by the Spirit. Yeah. You've got to feed your heart and your mind. What's the food? It's the Bible. It's the scriptures. It's prayer. It's friendships that are actually encouraging you and filling you with the right stuff. You feed the wolf, feed the wolf, feed the wolf. And one time, you're going to have to decide either to live for God or go and live for Babylon. And whatever you've been feeding is going to be what you do. You know, we must get resolved. We must be firmly determined that we're going to live by the Bible. You know, perhaps your first time here, study the Bible. Well, I know the Bible. Study more. Let me tell you, the wolves are hungry. If you're a disciple, get more resolved to repent. To change your life, to live a cleaner life. Whatever it takes. My second point. The holy only bow to God. The holy only bow to God. Let's go over here, back to our text, Daniel chapter 3. You guys still awake? We're not too bored yet. Daniel 3. Now, if you notice, we skipped Daniel chapter 2. I'll give you the quick summary. In the book of Daniel chapter 2, God gives a dream to King Nebuchadnezzar. The dream is a very big statue that's in the shape of a man. And the head of the statue is gold. And Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold, representing the Babylonian Empire. And so there's more to the dream. And it's actually something we do in our Bible studies. I encourage you to learn that. But Nebuchadnezzar only heard one thing. Wow, I'm golden in God's eyes. And it wasn't even his God, right? It was Daniel's God, but which is the only God, the God of the Bible. But anyway, come on, bro. What does Nebuchadnezzar do next? Daniel chapter 3. Let's pick it right here in verse 1. Daniel 3, 1. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. Oh, my God. 60 cubits high 
and six cubits wide. That's about 90 feet high. Jeez. And it's like a nine-story building of gold. Oh my gosh. And it was on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Here's a statue of himself, all in gold, nine stories high. Nice. Nebuchadnezzar summoned satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, we'll say the most important people in government, and officials to come to the dedication of the image he set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image King Nebuchadnezzar set up. They stood before it. Then a herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, what this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship, will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the alarm, and all kinds of music. All nations, all people, every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold. King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. What an incredible passage of scripture. This is a law. This is life and death. And all people that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar have conquered, all these people, even other Israelites, other people who are supposed to worship God, the one true God, they're all there. They get this command. They get a message. Bow. Bow down to the statue of gold. Bow down to Babylon. Bow down. Do what everyone else is doing. And you know what? It's fun. Because there's music. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know how people dance. That's how I dance, right? That is just a simple two step. Right. And so, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. You know what it reminds me of? You know what this really reminds me of? In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, mm. you guys know Jesus' last words after he died and resurrected? He told his followers one final command He says, Go to all nations. Make people into my disciples, my followers. Baptize them and surely I am with you mm. to the very end of the world. It was Jesus' great plan to save the world. Yeah, was, on, was his followers going out and preaching a message of truth and hope and freedom and difference and holiness. Yeah. But we would be remiss, mm. dare I say, ignorant to think oh. that there is a plan to evangelize the world, but not from God. From Satan. In the same way that the ruler of light and everything good God wants to save the world, Satan is trying to kill it. He's trying to crush it. His plan for all nations says all people had to gather and do what? Bow to the golden statue. Satan's plan is to get everyone to follow him straight into hell. Revelation chapter 17. Come on. Come on. Revelation chapter 17. Come on, dude. This is fire, bro. Come on, bro. Super good, bro. Yes, bro. I agree. Come on, bro. Verse 1, the Bible says, One of the seven angels who had seven bowls came to me and said, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated. They were drunk with the wine. Of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names, had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, with precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great. The mother of prostitutes and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people. The blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was astonished. You know, Revelation is a book of what happens spiritually. What happens behind the scenes in today's world. And it says, Babylon... 
Wait, now, the book of Revelation, Babylon happened 600 years before the book of Revelation was written. See, Babylon, the country, had become a symbol. It became an empire. I mean, of darkness, of Satan, of evil, of all that is bad. And in Revelation, Babylon, it's depicted as a woman. So, in a sense, what she's wearing tells us she has gold, diamonds, jewels, silver, a cup, wine. What are all these things? It's pleasure. Money, wow. power. Yeah, talk about it, bro. Come on, bro. Scarlet, she's dressed nicely. Yeah. Mm. That's what we're what Babylon wants us to go after. Mm. It's actually what Daniel was tempted with. Eat the food of the palace. Mm. Be like everyone else around you. Go wow. be with the king. Be like the king. Serve his gods. Mm. We're trying to change your names. Trying to change your identity. That's it's Babylon's still here, guys. Mm. Come on, bro. Oh, yeah. Dang. It's fire. It's called Dang. Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. come on, bro. You know, it appears desirable. Mm. This it says in Revelation. But it's full of blasphemies. Mm. You know, I think of the blasphemies of today. It's just false teachings. Oh, yeah. It's just false people. People who claim that they know God. Like, why believe in God? That's all I need to do, right? Ooh. I don't know. James chapter 2 says faith and deeds is what saves you. Yes. Mm. Man. You know, I just have to have faith. No, there's a word in the Bible called repent. Yeah. Oh, How about that one? Well, I have the Holy Spirit, right? How do I know? Uh, I just felt it. That's not what the Bible says. Yeah, come on, bro. I'm not trying to say that, that, uh, um, you know, I know everything, but I know what it takes to be saved from the scriptures. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Anything outside of that is just blasphemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm talking about that. You know, if we're not those who are out drinking and partying and living a life that opposes God, we might be the false worshipers of God. Oh, I'm talking about it, bro. Come on. That's true. How can we know? Well, it says in John chapter 4, 23 and 24, that true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Right? We're either worshiping the statue of gold and money and power. Or we think we're worshiping God, but we don't bother to check. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what happens? What happens to the friends of Daniel? Let's go over here in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Come on, bro. Oh, bro. Oh, yes. Let's go, bro. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story. It's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. If you guys are, I might have to do a condensed version. It's getting a little late. Yeah, Daniel 3, pick right here in verse 8. Come on, Nate. With you, bro. With you, Nate. The Bible says, at this time, some astrologers, so the people who worship the stars, came forward and denounced the Jews. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty, didn't you make a decree that everyone who hears... The sound of the horn, flute, zither, lie, harp, all kinds of music should fall down and worship the image of gold. Whoever does not fall down and worship, shouldn't, shouldn't they be thrown into a blazing furnace? <clears throat> Look, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 12. There are some Jews you set over the affairs of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they don't serve your gods. They don't worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage! <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you do not serve my gods? You don't worship the image of gold I set up? Hmm. Give you one more chance. When you hear all those instruments play the music, if you are ready, fall down and worship the image I made. If you do that, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. What God will rescue you? For my hand. Mm. Yikes. Let me tell you like the hardest thing we go through today as a Christian. Oh my God, like I was reading my Bible and someone looked at me weird. Oh, I don't know if I can read my Bible anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my roommate's not a Christian. I didn't pick my door. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to do. My friends made fun of me because I'm on a Friday night campus devotional. <laughs> Come on, Nate. That, like, grow some guts, bro. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Did someone threaten to throw you into fire today for what you believe? Yeah. No, then grow up! Yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on yeah. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember the guy who had destroyed their country and dragged him into slavery. Like, they, they're talking to that dude. King Nebuchadnezzar. We don't even need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. 
But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods. Yes. We will not worship the image of gold you have set up. Come on. Come on. I doubt most of us actually pray this way. Mm. Right? Because if I'm in, in their shoes, right, what's my natural? God, don't throw me into the furnace. God, kill Nebuchadnezzar right now. I don't want to go. Mm. Right? We actually pray for our problems to go away. That's true. I don't want the furnace. Just turn the furnace off, God. Mm. Notice that's not how they pray. They're like, throw me in. God can save me. But will God save me? I don't know. They literally say, right, God is able to deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18. But even if he does not, even if we burn, even if we die, even if this is it. Yeah. Total surrender to God's will. A total trust. Their life is not their own. The last breath is when God says it's the last yes, breath. Yes, come on, Abe. But until that moment, I will not serve any other yes, God. That's faith. Yeah. It's not making your life easier. Come on. It's telling God, turn the heat up, yes. but please make me stronger. Yeah. That's how you, if you don't pray for the problems to go away. You pray to make it through the problems. You pray for endurance. You ask for courage. Come on. God is actually counting on us Come on. to be holy and to only bow to Him. Come on, bro. I mean, that's cool, Nate, but um, so what happens to them? Right, God? Right? Verse 19. Verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times harder than usual. He likes his steak well done. He commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. These men, wearing the robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent. Throw him in. Throw him in now. The furnace was so hot that the flames of fire, they even killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men fell firmly tied into the blazing furnace. Could you imagine? It's going through your head. It's going through your heart. I mean, like, if the furnace is that door, you're burning and you're here. And you're like... <laughs> is it fear? Mm. What grips you in your last moments? Money. Is it excitement? Is it hope? Is it what? Is it regret? What are you thinking as you know, like, damn, I'm dying for God? Like, was, all right, here we go. Like, you know? I don't know what's happening. This blows my mind. It's just for you guys to think about it. Think about it. Figure it out. It's up to you. Money. Verse 24. King Nebuchadnezzar leaps to his feet in amazement. He asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, uh, one, two, three. Yes, yeah, certainly, your majesty, we can count to three. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out of the fire. The satrap, prefects, governors, royal virus, they crowd around them. They saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. You ever had like campfire on your clothes? Mm. Not even that. I like those ones. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him. They defied the king's command. They were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any God except their own God. I love, check this out. Therefore I decree the people of any nation or language who say anything against 
the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, cut them to pieces. Their houses turned into piles of rubble. For no other God saves this way. That's crazy, guys. I love this song. I love it. I love it. You know, we only must bow to God. This is the only thing that matters in our lives. When we make our schedules, when we make our time, when we figure out our work, when we figure out our relationships, when we figure out our life, what's at the center? What are we bowing to? Is it you? I did that for a long time. I put myself at the center of my life. I would bow down to pleasure. What makes me feel good? I'll do that. Instead of bowing down to God. How does God want my schedule? How does God want me to spend my money? Who does God want me to talk to and how? Should I invite them to church? Should I help them follow Jesus? Mm -hmm. Should I teach them? Like, how do we talk to people? What is our aim? What is our goal? How are my friendships? Am I affecting these people so they can come to God? Or are they affecting me? Mm. When God is at the center of your life, the, the answers to these questions become very easy. Mm. It's actually super easy to bow down to God. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. When you understand it's the right way to live. Yeah. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. You know, the majority of us, and we're wrapping up right here, the majority of us will probably never be threatened to be thrown in a fire mm. on the basis of our relationship with God. The majority of us. But I tell you, the only way to be with God is in fire. Yeah. Let's close out right here the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Come on, bro. Preach, bro. Hebrews, chapter 12. The Bible says in verse 28, Therefore, we are receiving a kingdom. What is a kingdom? It's God the king and who? His people. This is a description of God's people. This is what they get from God, just so you know. Therefore, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful. Yes. Let us worship God with reverence and awe. Come on. For our God is a consuming fire. When were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <laughs> saved? Not outside the fire. Where were they closest to God? Yes. Not outside the fire. But they were closest to God inside the fire. For our God is a consuming fire. If you're not on fire for God, if your schedule's not on fire for God, if you don't feel like, oh my gosh, God is using me to set the world on fire. I challenge you, be set on fire for God. Because we are just 